I'm ready. Perfect. All right. And welcome to a bonus edition of the Metal Oasis podcast. So everyone knows that the Metal Oasis with Orion and myself is basically venturing through our metal journey, focusing on, you know, newer stuff from the early 2000s, late 90s, 2010s, I guess so. But, you know, no foundation is going to be well-built, solid, complete, without the mighty Iron Maiden in that catalog. So we are going to break down our recent experience with the Legacy of the Beast tour, what we saw at Capital One Arena. Orion, are you with me, my my guy? I am. I am still reeling from the just power and prowess of Bruce Dickinson, who I'm pretty sure is immortal. Uh, especially after seeing them again, after not seeing Iron Maiden over a decade. I think I have aged worse than he has. Yeah, we, we were <laughs> during the concert. I was like, I cannot believe this man is 64 years old. Uh, but let's, let's not jump ahead of ourselves. So we saw them um, on October 23rd, you know, less than a week after the Trivium show. So what a week we had. Uh, last week for all that. So tell us about how we got there, buddy. We drove my car. Uh, so <laughs> piece of shit. We, we, uh, well, it's gone now. It's actually a great car, but now I have an even better one. But anyways, we got to DC. We, we drove from Rich Mound, Virginia to DC, and we got just the joy of Northern Virginia DC traffic, which is always its best pull into town and we're like there's the hotel and there it goes because we have to loop back around again because it's fucking dc it's a pain in the ass to drive in after our second go around I, I decided to take a lesson from the old seattle playbook from the last time i was there just pop a yui in the middle of the street because fucking we're there for our maiden and we don't have time for this nonsense so just pop a yui in the middle of the road good luck park- everybody else yeah exactly good luck everybody else pop a yui park in front of the hotel run in have to take an elevator to the basement take a piss then we get our keys, go park the car the 7,000 miles away in a garage, uh, and then hop skidadoo all the way back to the hotel, which is just, God, fucking DC. Pain so, in the ass. So you're rushing it, buddy. So you missed a very key Uh-oh. factor in this how this whole story began. Is this you drinking monsters and eating Slim Jims? And just no, filling the car no, no. with toxic fumes? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that part. So... I think everybody, you know, is knows movie Step Brothers. You know where they make <laughs> oh, bunk beds. Buddy, so yes. The day before we leave, Orion texted me and said he booked the hotel room, and then I got top bunk. I'm like, ha ha ha. Okay, like I know it's a joke. So we get in the elevator, open the door, walk two feet into the room, and I shit you not. There was a fucking bunk bed in our hotel room. <laughs> and it was excellent. And there was, I would say there was so much room for activities, but there wasn't because once again, DC. So we were basically staying in a shoebox with a very, very translucent bathroom. <laughs> translucent is a very uh, loose term. It was pretty much see through. It was, like, it was clear. clear as day, which will come up later in the story. Uh, <laughs> but my God. And that was the first thing we did. Adam saw the bunk beds and lost his mind with excitement. And I believe you immediately called your wife. 
Uh, I knew about the bunk beds. I was still very excited. But the part that was definitely not exciting was turning to my immediate right, about two and a half feet away, to see the glass sliding door of the see-through bathroom and shower. Because we're close, buddy. But I I, I, I try to see everything all the time, if you know what I'm saying. I, I know what you were saying. Uh, but that was a pretty cool experience. It was the Moxie Hotel, right? Yes. So pretty quirky. I mean, it was cool. I've never actually stayed in a hotel with bunk beds, but uh, it was just, I think, for you know, two grown ass men, like to actually have bunk beds was funny as hell. I think it's supposed to be more like, oh, like the girls are here for New Year's Eve. Like we're going to get all ready together. Not dudes in their 30s there for a metal show with their hairy asses exposed to one another. It's not really the vibe I think that they were going for with that room. Well, too bad because that's, well, that's what, that's that what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we leave the hotel room, we get some drinks downstairs at the bar, and then we go to another bar and pay way too much money for 12th. a beer. God, just we took what we, we ordered our beers, took a look at the menu. And as they're pouring it, I turned to Adam and say, We're leaving as soon as we have this one. <laughs> yes, fucking DC prices. Um, so then we went to what was it called? The tap house or something? Some shit, pub and grill, oh, tap it house. Yeah whatever um, local watering hole which was actually pretty cool because i believe it was only like two blocks from the actual arena yeah and you walk in and it's just a sea of iron maiden jerseys and gray hair not jerseys, yes sh- shirts so actually there were a couple of jerseys <laughs> some people yeah, yeah, rocking iron maiden hockey jerseys yep. um but just a sea of just old people and iron maiden shirts i was like yes we're in the right spot and we sit down and just start chatting with everybody there. And there was, I think, the first guy that sat down next to us was that was his fourth show in a row in the past like two like, weeks. Like, yeah, he was traveling he's just from traveling New York and just following them around. Yeah. And that like, guy was from New York. He was very New Yorker. Yeah, and I was like, "What do you do to afford all these concert tickets?" And then he told me, and I was already a little drunk. So, <laughs> um, but it, it it was awesome um, just to meet with different people. We got to you know share. About the the podcast with all our fellow metalheads, like, hey, mm-hmm. if you like this, you should check out this. <laughs> you should no. listen to our podcast. Here, we're gonna sit at your table. <laughs> you should listen and watch to our you pod- listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like, say as the as the libations increased, as did our desire to spread the good word about the metal oasis. <laughs> yes. However, there were two guys that were actually very interested really, like, interested like oh that's pretty cool and i was like show them the episodes like oh i know that band i know that band i'm like well take a listen let us know yeah so that was cool uh, then we get to the arena and we walk around trying to find the merch and good god merch is so expensive these days but it was about on par with i mean i don't know i feel like merch is generally is. around that 40 50 but i'm glad that we waited in that giant line right at the entrance and they didn't have our size and you weren't one to give up. So you asked where another one was and we hopped up the stairs to the top level. They had all the sizes we could wish for. All the sizes. And then grabbed like six beers. Or excuse me, I probably drank about six beers and then we got in to our seats, which are awesome. Have you ever been to the Capital One Arena in D.C.? It's got... The floor, the lower bowl, the second bowl before the box seats, and the third and fourth bowl after that. And we were at the very last row of the second bowl, literally across from the stage, so opposite side. So uh, arena, perfect but, viewpoint. But you know, straight on view. No one's in front of us. 
blocking our view. You can still see the band. It was pretty awesome. What did you think about Within Temptation? So I can't really honestly give a very fair assessment of Within Temptation because I, if I'm not mistaken, by the time we got our merch and stuff, we maybe caught like two songs of theirs. Yeah, I, mean, I think maybe three, yeah, three or maybe four songs. Oh, no, wow. Maybe it was I mean, more than I thought. I think I was still just kind of, you know, settling in, you know, getting excited about Maiden and all this stuff. I, I would say that I think they were very good at what they did, but I don't know if I have a strong enough opinion about them as a band or the experience to give them like a fair rating. They weren't offensive is what I'll say. Like, I would have definitely been like, wow, they suck. They were if I didn't enjoy them. But th- I mean, they were pretty good. They felt like a, a, a OK opener, but I, I honestly didn't really give it a thorough sit down listen which in retrospect i wish i had been a little bit more attentive but i was i was far too preoccupied with my fantasy expectations for maiden yeah for sure i mean i i've heard of within temptation before i've listened to a few of their songs they got some decent songs but it's just something that kind of just sounds kind of generic yeah like just generic power metal like they got some good songs but i just nothing that really just like sticks out like they've got like unique solos or unique lyrical content i mean it's just straightforward stuff and it, i think it fit as an opener for iron maiden you know taking a european band out on the road and getting them exposure to the states i think that was probably the only cool part about them um especially for the type of crowd that's going to go to an iron maiden show they're not going to know who within temptation is right they're not going to know who trivium is no nope. you know? grand except the one guy that we met at the bar and he's like i know who trivium is i'm like sweet <laughs> yes three of our this is a three of our episodes. Oh, wow. It is three. I mean, when you, the thing is, and this is something that I kind of struggled with the first time I saw Maiden, then I quickly remembered as soon as they started playing. When you go to a Maiden show, not to sound like an asshole, it doesn't really matter who's opening for them. Like, you're there to see Maiden. So, this is my second time seeing Iron Maiden, and I don't even remember the name of the opening band for the first time I saw them. And this time, I think with them, Temptation was fine. But I probably would have had the same impression of almost anybody who opened for them. True. So uh, we also, before the Trivium show, before they announced their headlining tour, we saw that they were going to be on tour with Iron Maiden. Like, oh, shit, that's awesome. We should go to that show. But lo and behold, for some reason. They did West Coast, right? Yeah, a Florida-based band toured the West Coast with Iron Maiden. And I tried to get Orion to just roll the dice and then us fly to Denver, Colorado, which is the show on a Saturday so that we could see Trivium open for Iron Maiden. Just two of our, you know, favorite bands. I think it worked out very, um, Oh, it definitely did. I mean, they had knowing that that we saw with Iron Maiden and what they played when we saw much, much happier. I would have been VIP experience for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of crazy how that worked out because you were—I remember you were joking with me like, "Let's go, like, let's go see Trivia Open for Maiden." I was like, "They're gonna have like a thirty-five-minute set, and it's in Colorado." And then, lo and behold, Trivium ends up doing their own headlining tour, and we were able to get VIP to see them. And then, what four days later, go <laughs> see Iron Maiden. So, definitely yes. worked out for us. Indeed. So, we're all settled in. We. Spent, you know, $40 for two beers. And then what? everyone, the lights are still on. Crowd just humming along. It was like, ah, you're made. And 
Iron Maiden. Like, okay, like, what time are they going to come on? Like, I just don't know. And then you just hear this. Oh, shit. Look at Orion. Here it comes. Of course, you know, they play Transylvania. Cool and all. So they play Transylvania, and like, sweet. I wonder what they're going to open with. And how, how many times have you seen Iron Maiden around? This is my second time, so I've seen them twice. Okay. Wait, when was the first time you saw them? I saw them in 2010, I want to say. Okay. So I saw them in 2017 on the Book of Souls tour, and... I had, you know, I've read about their set list and what they play and all that stuff, but then you just slowly just start hearing the hum of this come through. Doctor, Doctor, the tape track from UFO, and it's a really, I think, really fun song, personally. And do you know why they play this song? You know, I don't. Do you know? I do. So, uh, Bruce Dickinson actually did an interview earlier this year, and they were asked about why they play this as the entrance music, and they said that you know, they toured with UFO back in 1981, and they've always been a big fan of their songs, but, you know, it's basically it's more so, <laughs> he says, and I quote, you know, before the intro tape, there's five minutes of Dr. Doctor, it's brilliant. People go, oh, quick, stop having a piss, drink the last pint, get to your seats. Dr. <laughs> Doctor's playing. They'll be on in a minute. And for the road crew, it's also brilliant. It's like, stop masturbating in the toilet and wipe your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's very <laughs> classic. So I'm just... And it worked, buddy. As soon as this kicked on, I was hype. Oh, I was hype. We were both hype. Yeah. And just, and the lights are still on for the most part mm-hmm. as well. And uh, the, the whole place is just singing along to Dr. Dr. with thousands of people, phenomenal. man. So cool. So, you know, Dr. Dr. goes on, and then you hear the flow tone of this.
That's right. Senjutsu. We were Ooh. expecting. We were expecting this, though. I think, at least for me, I was anticipating yeah. something from Senjutsu. I wasn't necessarily expecting the title track, but I was happy that they did because I actually really, really like that song. And I'll take a second here, and we'll kind of talk about this throughout. The stage presence and the fucking just showmanship and the sets just unbelievable. Do you see the chill on my arm? Just I do saying that. That's <laughs> just it was truly remarkable. And this is something that, and I'll, I'll kind of talk about it more when when we, I guess, capture all our thoughts at the end. Regardless of your musical preference, I don't think there's any denying just the the prowess of Iron Maiden. But the showmanship, there, no one comes close in any show that I've been to. I mean, you know, having seen Iron Maiden before, I've seen Metallica, I've seen Megadeth and Anthrax and all other huge bands. No one has that level of crazy set design and effects and all sorts of just cool shit that happens at a show quite to the level, at least for me, that Iron Maiden does. And when they wheeled out that like uh, kind of feudal Japan look. Hold on. Yeah, I won't, so yeah, I won't so give to any other spoilers, but dude, it was so fucking cool. We can talk about that spoiler, but you know, the, when the curtain drops, you just see just f- this giant set piece of feudal Japan with the trees and the architecture just in the backdrop and the actual stage setup over the cabinets and everything. Just uh, what are they called? Pergolas? No, that's not the word. Like the pagoda, the pagoda, and like the Thank you. yeah, 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 pagodas and stuff. Like it just, and it, it just obviously it fits right in because I think during the Book of Souls tour they had something very similar to that with um, something that fit into the story of the album and with Sinjetsu. Like that was that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was that was sick, and that was you know seeing Bruce Dickinson running around on stage with like a madman with his top knot and everything. It took me truly like four minutes into senjutsu to kind of come back into reality that iron maiden was playing in front of us you know what i mean like it took me a few minutes to really get a handle on the situation (laughs) and just yeah yeah i'm sitting there i've got my battle vest on i got my best friend next to me i've got cold beer in my hand i'm just like this is awesome yeah yeah just like i'm just like just in awe of like I just cannot believe that these guys are still touring, and the fact that he Bruce Dickinson still sounds this good. Just listening to the song right now, the studio recording from this year, and you know, put it right next to "Fear of the Dark," put it right next to "Hallowed Be Thy Name," and obviously, yeah, his voice is going to show some signs of age, but he still sounds fantastic. Yeah, um, and you know, and we'll talk more about that as this you know as the show goes on about how just fantastic of a, a front man he is. Yeah. So was this the song or was it with Eddie? I think that happened on writing on the wall. Okay. And by so, that, I mean a song that gets played later. <laughs> so, so the next song, so I will, you know, they go right into the second track from Sinjensu Shotijo. Uh, and then, which that was an okay song. I would just, I've only had a, probably about two or three run throughs of the album so far, and it, it just kind of just blended right in, you know, so far. But then yeah. I really like what this song becomes after that. 
was hoping for this one actually for this show so i was very pleased that they played this i agree i think stratego is a pretty cool song but this is one of the songs i was like i would like to hear it and then they played it yeah and i mean for me like i just i love that that kind of did that twangy jangle that the song opens with yeah like you just don't really hear that very much in Iron Maiden. Doesn't get like a dystopian Wild West kind of feel to it. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's almost like a country twang. Yeah, uh, but it's such a cool song. I really like that. And then, I, like you said, I believe it's this song is where we see the first emergence of like the what twenty foot tall Eddie. Yeah, come out. <laughs> yep, Samurai Eddie. You see Bruce just fighting with him on stage and just just <laughs> such a funny. lively just character and just I mean it's always fun when you see Eddie come out and just in the you know samurai uniform and everything. It was such a cool sight to see. It was it was dope. And it was um I don't know if I was necessarily expecting a triple senjutsu in a row. I don't think I was necessarily expecting three Senjutsu songs in a row, but given the in, just frankly insanity of their set pieces, I guess you know it made sense to continue doing that as opposed to like, oh, we got to wheel, wheel the field of Japan back in, <laughs> got another song. And, and I'll say, you know, as you mentioned about the just the stage show, I think the next, you know, say what you want about Kiss, um, but I mean, their stage show is definitely. I would love to see that. It's just an, uh, an awesome thing to see. I mean, I've seen them countless times, and I mean, they always put on a great show. You know, the only get—I mean, I think the only downfall in comparison is that where Iron Maiden wipes the floor with them is that Bruce can still sing, um, whereas Paul's voice is definitely shown its you know wear over the years, um, and the whole allegations of backing tracks and all that stuff. But you know, with Iron Maiden, you, you get what you pay for, and they put on at one hell of a show. And I was definitely surprised to see, and that's thing's pretty cool. Like they played the first three tracks from the last album back to back like that. I don't think I've ever seen another band do something like that before. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think it was also shocking that they played 
that many from this album when it's called yeah. Legacy of the Beast. I figured you might see, you know, see them scattered throughout, but I think it does make the most sense for the, what they were doing. What we saw later on was where, you know, the stage is set for these songs and, you know, you can't just wheel a, wheel a set stage back out song after song. So, <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to encapsulate, like just describe how massive these set pieces are. I mean, this isn't just a backdrop. I mean, this is like a full stage setup for sets of songs and it's just, it's bonkers. It's really crazy. So, I don't, I, we may have mentioned this um, during the Trivium episode about how I typically you know, refuse to like look up set lists prior to the show because I want to be surprised and all that stuff. And, you know, I was, you know, after hearing three songs back to back to back from... Jitsu, I was like, hmm, are they going to play some songs from Book of Souls? Like, wh what are they really going to be doing? So I was a little nosy child, and during the ride on the wall, I looked up the set list from, you know, set list of them. I know, I know, but after that, I was like, oh, hell yes. So after the ride on the wall, you know, closes out, after uh, Bruce defeats Eddie, stage goes dark, and we'll have to post these photos uh, for yeah. everyone to see too. But so after that, stage goes dark, and then it lights back up, and you see just this. Uh, tell them, tell them what we see it's, with this cathedral and all this it's stuff. It's a fucking cathedral with like a stained glass window, and or like a massive, massive stained glass window, and then several others around it, and it shows like trooper seventh son of a seventh son number of the beast power slave and I, I can't see everything else in the picture but it's just cover art done in like a stained glass form on the stage and it literally looks like and they, there's even actually looking at the pictures there's candle lit chandeliers hanging down over the stage like you're inside a cathedral it's just unreal and that's what the stage switches over to for this next track which is well i guess we don't really need to be Leaving people in Revelations. Yes. Peace of mind action. Let's go. with this cool cathedral background what an awesome i think a really cool set piece to play with this song yeah i like i like the song a lot it's one probably one of uh one of my favorite songs from peace of mind actually it's a solid one i i wasn't necessarily expecting it but i i like revelations it's a good song so um yeah i was i was pleased about that it was good 
It was a good live song. And then, yeah. And then it, well, we'll talk about these as we come. This is the only part of the show what we're going to talk about here momentarily that left me somewhat befuddled. A couple of choices that come up that made me scratch my head in a little bit of confusion. So let's talk about, do you have anything else to say about Revelations? No, I, mean, I thought it was I mean, good song, I mean, solid song, you know, and I think it just really more so I just was enamored by the cathedral the set. It was crazy. Because well, you didn't really mention this. So all, did you just mention the stained glass that was there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With all the different eddies? Yep. Uh, I was probably not paying attention then. Probably not. I'm used to it. <laughs> so, anyway, so next song was this. I mean, Bruce Dickinson, <clears throat> prior to them starting Blood Brothers, kind of made this impassioned speech just about, you know, regardless of like your path to this point and your background and this and that and the other, that we're Blood Brothers and, and this and that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, they're, it's Blood Brothers. I like this song. I don't think I would have drafted this song if I were making my Iron Maiden set list. I, I don't mind Blood Brothers. It's an okay song. I wasn't super pumped for this one to be played personally uh it's it, it's a pretty okay song but i'm just like man you got better in the you got some better ones in the drawer why don't you pull something else out that that's just how i felt at least i mean I, you know again when i saw them in 2017 on the book of souls they played this oh did they yeah interesting and okay it's a it's a good song i think if we ever do like a breakdown of our Iron Maiden, you know, path and career. You know, Brave New World definitely um, gets a skip a lot of times in the rotation for me. Because it just, again, I mean, Iron Maiden's got a, a ton of albums and it's just one thing where I just, where do you begin? And I think the, you know, early 2000s with Brave New World, Dance of Death, and the Blaze Bailey stuff before that, it just gets kind of muddled around um, in the catalog. And everyone, you know, they know, you know, Beast, Pe- you know, the, the big 80s stuff. I mean, when you have Number of the Beast, Peace of Mind, Power Slave, Somewhere in Time, Seventh Son, I mean, those five albums back to back, like, which are all pretty much considered classics by the fans. Like, I mean, I think I would have even taken, honestly, a different song for Brave New World, to be honest. Like, Wicker Man or Ghost of the Navigator would have been cool. But, again, it's not... Again, we're talking about fucking Iron Maiden. So even if yeah. I'm like, I would have liked something else, it's still 
goddamn majestic. Uh, that's just one of the only songs that I was like, yeah. I think I would have liked to seen Wicker Man in that spot too. If we're gonna pick something from that album, so. yeah. But it's still dope. I mean, it was yeah. still cool. We got you know a lot of audience energy and attention during that song. But that was that was probably the only track so far where I was like, oh, okay, all right. So I mean, after Blood Brothers, do they still have the Cathedral at this point? Sure. Um. Well, actually, here I'll be able to. Yes, sh- they do. Check. I think they so. Do. I think so. Yeah. So after Blood Brothers, they keep the cathedral sign and then they enter with this. as long as song is so fucking long but <laughs> they come in with sign of the cross so if you recall during um sign of the cross or wait uh yeah during sign of the cross the backdrop changes just the center there's a big piece of stained glass that actually changes to like a river of fire with a big cross and it's the one with like the the demon back there and everything it's super fucking cool and that's when they play sign of the cross and then <laughs> Uh, Bruce Dickinson is running around with a gigantic metal cross that he can illuminate as he's running around and he like points it towards the crowd as he's singing the song. Um, so I'm a little torn on sign of the cross because presentation wise and like stage presence and the backdrop and running around with the giant cross is fucking awesome and super dope. I'm not the biggest fan of this song. So for me, I was kind of like, this looks fucking cool, but I was like, damn, this is a long one. So this is this is the only part of the show that I was a little like, again, thrilled to see them. Awesome performance. These are a couple of songs that I probably would swap out personally. I mean, I mean, I've never, I think, seen. Yeah, I never saw this song before, so I was, you know, just hyped to see really much any song played by Iron Maiden. I will say I think it's pretty cool that they still play stuff from the Blaze Bailey era i think that's yeah you know, i think good one for the band to say like you know yeah we had songs without you know bruce dickens bruce here in the band but we still wrote good songs and right. you know, whether you think it's a strong song or not i, mean, I think overall it's like it's a cool song i think theatrically right. and is it something you want to listen to every day at 11 minutes probably not but right. it still i think was a cool thing it was and, still and, cool 
and the stage and presence Cruz does a great job with it. I think. Yep. I think more so it's like that and the other songs they play from Virtual Eleven. I think that just it's in good faith of saying, hey, you know, we represent all eras of the band and not just play, you know, the big songs, the big hits. You know, right? We're gonna pull some deep cuts, so to say, mm-hmm. from the um, catalog, which means the legacy of the Beast tour. So that makes makes a lot of sense. Right. No, that's fair. And it was still dope. I mean, again, both songs were great live. It was just one of those. If you had limited slots and you got to pick, those two wouldn't be on my pick list. But I'm still happy to see them. Gotcha. Well, after this, I'm pretty sure I saw the pleats in your pants get a little stiff. This hits the stage. extra crisp and tight during this one dude it was I, I was so happy to see this and then the set yet again which i know this is an audio podcast so describe things we see is you know whatever but the giant icarus behind them flapping and, and moving around and stuff it's yeah, just so this wasn't it wasn't like a video it was actually like a giant giant 3d icarus yeah yeah like a giant inflatable like you see like at the macy's parade or something just massive massive and that was such a cool thing you see the wings you know open up toward the end of the song but tell us what the (laughs) fucking coolest part i mean you have this giant like 80 foot icarus but what was cooler than that so bruce dickinson is belting it and he like throws his hand up and we see a little spark and Adam's like, oh, that's cool. So he's doing a little magic trick. And I was like, yeah, Wait like, a like, little fla- like the hand flash. A little thing. flash, like cool. this little, little hand flash thing. Think uh, Job Arrested Development, right? So he's got the little flashes going on. I'm like, that's cool. And then he's singing, he belts it. And then just a fucking huge stream of fire shoots out of Bruce Dickinson's left hand. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's got a goddamn flamethrower. So he's running around, belting it, blasting fire. And then I see him put the microphone in kind of like a front holster and he starts blasting flames out of both hands <laughs> so he's just running around shooting fire from both of his hands just looking like an absolute maniac and it was fucking awesome yeah just double flamethrowers both hands and like toward the end of the song he just like standing like on the platform at the i think next over to dave and just like just going like just left and right boom 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 and just the crowd's going wild I'm, like like that is definitely like as a sixty-four-year-old man is like, as a little kid, I saw the flamethrowers and I always wanted one. Now I've got the time and energy to do it. I'm gonna fucking do it. What was the uh, was the boardroom meeting about? Oh right, so this? I tried to 
I tried to imagine what the, I remember what I said, but I tried to imagine. It's like, all right, well, what if I had a flamethrower? They're like, I, I don't think that's a good idea, but what, hold, hold, hear me out now. What if I had two flamethrowers? What about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm made, isn't it? We're going to do it. <laughs> he just walks out, kicks the door <laughs> open, and he's like, pew, 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 pretending like he has flamethrowers. <laughs> Mike at work, Mike. Uh, just fucking, I can 100% see that. It makes me smile. But dude, it was awesome. And he was having a, you could tell he was having a blast just running around. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Yeah. So, I mean, that was probably, I mean, up to this point, it was probably one of the coolest, one of the hands down coolest songs I've ever seen performed live. Just with the stage show, with Bruce and the song itself being a, a great song. But then they slow it down yet again and play this piece of garbage. I want to clarify your previous statement. I fucking love this song. <laughs> I, I was so giddy when I secretly looked at the set list dumb prior and I saw it. And I was like, yes, I fucking love this song. As soon and... as this kicked on, we were both out of our seats immediately. And I got a great video of you that I sent you earlier where you're just singing along and acting all mysterious to the song. Dude, what a just, I mean, I was hoping for it. I, thought there was a good chance it would pop up but dude fear of the dark lives is so goddamn good i mean this is where you you turn the dial to 11 i mean flight of the icarus was incredible we've had some great songs up until this point but when fear of the dark comes on i mean this is an instant out of your seat headbanging ensues really exploring the space which we got a lot of leeway on which we'll talk about in a bit um but dude well, oh man and think too is like again this the backdrop changes yet again. Oh, yeah. I think yep. this time, don't the candelabras come uh, back out? It was... Oh, God, what was it? What, and so it was got, just... Uh, he's got the candle lamp, and he's got the um, like plague doctor's mask on, and he's running around and just doing it's like a, It's just like a dark uh, stage with... It wasn't much. There wasn't a whole lot on stage. He had like a lantern, but it was yeah, the just lantern, the lantern. That's what's cool. Yeah, oh. and it was just a uh, kind of like a dark, Candle cloudy lantern. background from during Icarus. But Icarus is gone. Like Icarus, actually, we should have mentioned that at the end of Flight of Icarus, he falls, which is you know from the story how he flies up to the sun, fucking 
burns his wings off and dies. Um, yeah. So yeah, Icarus falls, and then the whole stage is really, really dark, and then they start playing Fear of the Dark, which is great. Um, and he's running around with a uh, with a lantern and a creepy, almost like Phantom of the Opera getup going on and running yeah. around with it. And it was awesome. The long nose mask, and then as soon as like the song kicks in, the lights pop up, and it's just like sprinting oh, around the stage. <laughs> Yes, and then I'm also sprinting up and down the concourse, giving you high were. fives everybody in the box seats. I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> song is fucking awesome. God damn, it was so good. It was so good, dude. And then I was like, okay, like how can this get any better? And of course, they fucking find a way and pull out this little hidden gem. So back to back, I got to say, and I have been to a lot of shows and we've been to a lot of shows together. And I like to think that generally speaking, I have like a pretty, at least the semblance of a guess of what to expect. And I'm not usually like fully surprised or shook at shows. I was fully shooketh. That hallowed be thy name made a random appearance at the nine spot. I mean, I was just blown the fuck away that this song got played when it did. Cause I, I was like, it's gonna be the last song or second to last song, at least for sure. And when they started playing it, just the goosebumps all over my body. And I was just so fucking pumped. Like I could have, I could have, I could have dove into the crowd 20 feet below us. At that moment, I mean, I, that was was so hype. God damn it, that is such a cool song live. And so the stage is still actually in the same setup as Fear of the Dark, but there's a um, like a prison, like a metal prison cell on the stage that Bruce Dickinson is sitting. So the lights come back on and he's singing it. He's sitting inside this like metal cage, and then you know comes out and does the song and just ah, uh, I mean, this is in my opinion, and I know this isn't an album review. I would say "Hollowed Be Thy Name" is easily one of the best metal songs ever made like period the song is a fucking masterpiece and when you see it live it's just unbelievable i mean oh god just the pinnacle of a metal show is hollowed be thy name i don't know that there's been many performances that come close to that for me oh i agree i mean this was just 
you know, when I looked at the set list, I, I kind of didn't look all the way through. I just wanted to see Fear of the Dark and Hallowed Be Thy Name, and boom, back to back. I was like, fuck, yes. I had and no idea. Was, yeah, and I was, you know, really disappointed on the when we saw them in 2017 because they were in the middle of that lawsuit where they weren't allowed to play Hallowed Be Thy Name. I'm just like, are you fucking serious? Like, What a bummer. I mean, at least I got to see Fear of the Dark, but, like, those two songs are there. I mean, yeah, they're big hits, but I just love those songs. Yeah. And for the fact that I've never been able to see them, you know, I want to, want to see that. So, so then after that, so I sit down and I'm like, like right, surely you know, at this point, get like, a bit of a reprieve. A, yeah, take a little uh, breather or something. I sit down and woe to you! Oh, like, are you fucking serious? I gave you a pretty hearty Everyone chest slap. It was like we gotta get back up. <laughs> Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. I left alone. My mind was blank. I needed time to think to get the memories from my mind. What did I see? What I saw that night was real and not just fantasy Just what I saw in my old dreams Were the reflections of my woman staring back at me I mean, dude, what the fuck? Fear of the Dark, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Number of the Beast. This is a very specific reference. But in Home Alone 2, when uh, Marv is electrocuted by the sink downstairs and he's just like convulsing and then turns into a skeleton, that's pretty much how I felt by this point, seeing all three of those songs back to back to back. Unfucking believable. <laughs> <laughs> I try to contain my laughter, but I was like, imagine you just going, ah! <laughs> pretty much what happened, dude. <laughs> I mean, granted, I mean, yes, there are three of their biggest songs, their hits, but God, like, who cannot not like those songs? I mean, just heavy metal fucking classics. And just that, and again, at 64 years old, that. Yeah, right after the intro part. So good. Fucking awesome. Here, give that a watch. Just to really encapsulate the moment. Hold on. Make sure you have the audio on for yourself. I'm trying to click it. What are you sending me? Yeah, it no work. So What? What do you mean it no work? It no work. If you're just a dummy, just click the link. Yeah, it's not click. It won't open it. How does it not just copy and paste it? How does it not work? It worked for me. Anyway, moving on. I'm sure it's what is it the scene from Home Alone? <laughs> exactly what it is. Of course it is. So all right. So after you know, we're both just winded as fuck from headbanging and just running. 
up and down this concourse. And I mean, our constitution level is already taking a hit because we literally did the Trivium VIP like f- four days before this. And I'm getting up there. So, you know, headbanging from that show, still a little sore by the time Maiden rolls around. And at this point, it's just throw caution to the wind, sacrifice your body, just accept your fate. Yeah. And just do it for the gram. Do it. <laughs> and they come in and just with the pinnacle track, just boom. <laughs> song iron maiden from the album iron maiden by the band iron Maiden. iron maiden oh good so. good dude what a just god it just it, we kept joking about this because after so fear of the dark hollow by the name just kicked our asses and so at that point like, right, take a seat for a second number of the beast kicks on I'm like oh god damn just go crazy head banging fucking windmilling all that good stuff and at that point we're like okay surely and then the the second, just the, the, the very edge of my buttocks touches seat, the kick on Iron Maiden, it's right back up. <laughs> uh, it's what was the set? What was the stage set at this point? Uh, actually, during so during. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe this is when that gigantic fucking demon came out. That's literally covering the whole stage. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I think I sorry, I think that's what it was. I'm actually rewatching a couple of videos, but I'm pretty sure that's when the giant ass demon came out. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I mean it's so big like Oh wait, probably... no, not yet it wasn't. Was it number of the beast then? No, the demon comes out. I, I think I know what song it comes out on. Um all right, doesn't matter. No, it was during Iron Maiden. It was during Iron Maiden. Okay. It's when the giant demon comes out. Yeah, this is giant. Covers giant the whole stage. And it moved. Yeah, it was what a cool thing. And then so they're like, all right, good night. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I know what that means. They're not just going to be done just yet. There's a couple more songs I know they got to play. But what a just just ass blast in a row. Well, let's continue. Yeah. So let me, let me wait. Good song really closed the set. And then <clears throat> what song do they come out with next, Orion? So they come back on stage, play one of my favorite songs. <laughs>
Trooper. God, what a fantastic song. One of, you know, as a young metalhead and first time hearing just the first, the tone from Steve Harris on the bass and just those triplets and the gallop going through the song and just with Bruce's voice going in. God, what a fucking awesome, awesome song. Tell us about one of the coolest parts of the, the stage at this point. So, Bruce Dickinson's running around the giant flag running up and down the stage with the vitality of a younger man. And then out comes Redcoat Eddie, just just storming the uh, the stage. And Bruce runs up with him with you know their their scimitars and they're battling away. And then Bruce Dickinson runs to the top of the stage and busts out an American flag and a musket. And we're just like, the fuck is that? And he shoots Eddie from across the stage. And all these sparks blast off of him. And he like stumbles over. And I got a picture of it. And we were just like, holy shit, this is awesome. That was probably one of the coolest things. I saw it like, and you have the perfect timed photo too. Just the spark on Eddie's chest. Just the smoke still coming out of the end of the musket. It was, what an awesome, awesome song. And then after that, what, this was a very, I think, intriguing choice Oh, so for an encore song. And the backdrop, sorry, backdrop, gigantic trooper emblem that covers the entire stage. It's got an 80-foot trooper backdrop. Massive. With, uh, the, the red coat Eddie? Yep. Trooper? Yeah. Yep. But, uh, that's, an, that's such an iconic photo, too. It is. They didn't have to do anything else with it. I mean, that was, that was plenty. So, after that, excellent, excellent. Encore song to go into a little bit of this. A nine minute song, The Klansman from Virtual Eleven. Another Blaze Bailey song. So we got 20 minutes of Blaze Bailey era Iron Maiden. That was in this. shocking. The so, mount. Yeah. And again, that's another song. I mean, I'm, at this point, my second Iron Maiden show. So I'm not going to be like, oh, well, why'd you play that song? I should have played this one. I was like, that's just a, it was a cool song. What was the set at that point? So. Uh, at this point, like the full set at this point? Well, like what was the, the backdrop for the set? 
Oh, right, right, right. I think it was actually still the Trooper backdrop. I think it stayed Trooper for, for a couple songs. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah, because of um, just being the Klansman and everything. Yeah, it was... This was the only other time in the show that I had my my eyebrows up in a little bit of confusion. Klansman's a pretty cool song, but to me, it's there are three songs that I think were a little weird of a choice. Blood Brothers, Sign of the Cross, and Klansman were the three songs that I was kind of like, that's interesting, but it was still cool. Um, I don't know that Klansman should have been an encore song. That was the only thing that I thought was a little odd. But that's the thing about Iron Man. Like they do make odd decisions in determining yeah. their set list. They pick yeah. weird deep cuts, which I, I think I, I don't mind. Absolutely yeah. love that. I mean, even if like, you know, if we had seen them 20, 30 times, it's like they're always gonna play you know, they're gonna play Fear of the Dark at this point. They're gonna play Number of the Beast. They're gonna play the Trooper. Like they, they just have to, right? Mm-hmm. But picking, you know, weird songs from the catalog that way, it's like every single toy you see. Half the set is gonna be totally different. Like yeah. they really, I think, do a great job of, you know, playing their whole catalog, and not they're not just like stuck playing, you know, like like Def Leppard for example. They play pretty much Hysteria in its entirety every fucking tour because mm. that's just all the songs people want to hear. But right. this is like fuck that. It's like we're gonna play, you know. Do you want to hear anything from somewhere in time? Too fucking bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, damn, we're not. You know and. Yep. So, uh, again, I thought it was a, a great performance from Bruce. Still just enamored by his vocals, just how he sounded. And, again, just does some Blaze Bailey justice. So, Yep. Well, so then after that, you know, goes dark, and you just hear a little light shuffle beat. Coming from the back from one Nico McBrain. to the hills closes out the set for the encore and i mean you can't go wrong with it man can't go wrong with it Mm-mm. no yeah I, I mean i didn't see it on the book of souls store so like i was like that's awesome like what a great fucking song to see and i think what a perfect way to close out the set what are your thoughts i mean absolute banger run to them hills is a classic always love to see it always a fun tune to throw down with I was happy that it got played as an encore. Honestly, I, I was pretty much banking on Run to the Hills to get played. So I wasn't necessarily surprised, but I love this song. So very happy about For it, sure. too. Yeah. Uh, it was fun, man. It was a super fun. It's a fun song, and it's a very like 
lively, energetic song in general, and especially live. The crowd gets really into it, and it just... It's a banger. It's always a banger. It was super cool to see live. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was, you know, the set. You know, everyone's cheering. You know, lights are on and all that stuff. We're like, all right, let's pack up our shit and go. And then, wouldn't you fucking know it? This happens. I mean, Aces unbelievable. High. And from a stage standpoint, just a fucking fighter jet is on the stage, flying above them, like rolling from side to side. And this I thing just, is the it's like the the depth of the stage too. Yeah, it's it's massive. like the entire width and depth of the stage, and massive inflatable. And it's like you know they got strings and it's dodging all this shit too. But the fact that the band leaves the stage after Iron Maiden, comes back for a three-song encore, like, oh, sweet. And then come back like, do you want some more? And they play this, and then you see, like, the, the, the fighter jet. Like, it was... I've never seen a band do a two, two, act, two actual encores like that. It was, it was unreal. It was unreal. I, I, was, I felt spoiled when they came back for Aces High. I mean, after Run to the Hills, like, they could have ended the show there, and we would have been like, that was a damn good show. But the fact that they came back again with just a just bombastic, insanely high energy, crazy stage presence version Aces High, I mean, it was amazing. Well, let me back up. So I, I kind of overstepped real quick. So actually, oh. before Aces High, you hear Churchill's speech. Oh, yeah. Like it just be being blasted over the loudspeaker. You're like, oh shit. Like, what's happening? Like, they're not, they're really not gone yet. And that's when they come with Aces High. And I was like, remember, just gave you a big old chest thump. I was like, look at the fucking plane. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a I was awesome. destroying my neck at that point, windmilling hard as soon as Aces High kicked in. And they're like, look. And I had to look up and see the stage. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it was. So that was the show, man. That was pretty awesome for them to play 15 songs what was the set overall so i'll read i'll read the set out um so and including the little like musical stuff so it opens with uh transylvania plays then doctor doctor and then the set list was uh senjutsu stratego writing on the wall revelations blood brothers side of the cross 
Flight of Icarus, Fear of the Dark, Hallowed Be Thy Name, The Number of the Beast, Iron Maiden. Then it moves into the first encore, which was The Trooper, The Klansman, and Run to the Hills. And then finally, for the second encore, it starts off with uh, Churchill's Speech, then Ace is High, and then as you know, the lights come back on, the show's over, they play Always Look on the Bright Side of Life from Monty Python, and that just plays while everyone's exiting. So yeah, I mean, 15 fucking bangers and I, I mean personally seven through 15 is just absurd i mean flight of icarus fear of the dark hollow be their name the number of the beast iron maiden trooper clansman run to the hills aces high like that's ridiculous that would that with the exception of for me personally clansman icarus through aces high would have been my like fantasy draft set list kind of kind of deal and they they played that in a row it's just just absurd it's also pretty long i mean that was an over um, I mean, well, those 15 songs, I mean, that's it was over an hour and a half just for the songs, let alone. So it's yeah. an hour and 33 minutes for those songs, not including any of the like Transylvania, Dr. Doctor, Churchill's speech, any of that. So you're looking and changing sets and everything. So it was close to an hour about and 45 hours. minutes, almost two hours. Yeah, So it was I, I definitely did not, you know, leave that wanting more. Excuse me. No wanting like i was like oh they should have played that i should have played this kind of thing like they definitely did a great job yep for sure and then i mean after that you know you weren't feeling too well and i, I you know you're like i need to, i was going to the concessions another <laughs> yeah. beer and you're like i was like you want anything He's like yeah give me a water so i came back with two beers and thanks <laughs> well and i had to drink your beer yep and, and we were standing down the concourse and what was i screaming at everybody you asked, Jesus Christ, I forgot about this. Anytime anybody walked by, Adam would either yell at them and throw up the horns, and they'd hoop and holler back like 20% of the time, or be like, excuse me, can I ask you a question? And I think you got maybe one out of 10 people, and they'd be like, yeah, and you'd be like, can I play with madness? And they would either, a couple of times we were like, woo, but more often than not, you just got confused looks as people power walked away from you. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That was I mean, such could a you fun imagine show. if after Revelations they just came out like, "Can I play with madness?" Boom! Like that would have been. I would have preferred that over uh, Blood Brothers personally, but you know, can't be. Because here's the thing, I'll admit, like by song six, when we saw Senjutsu Stratego writing on the wall, then Revolutions Revelations played Blood Brothers Side of the Cross. I was having an incredible time. It's fucking Iron Maiden, but admittedly, I was like, "Damn!" Like this is kind of, it's kind of a weird choice. I wonder what they're going to... Then Icarus, Fear of the Dark, Hollowed by the Name, Number of the Beast, Iron Maiden, Trooper, Clansman, Run to the Hills, Ace is High. At this point, like, I just fucking... Just... Pants are so tight. I'm just ripping through them. Just... <laughs> just so ridiculous. The second half was re- just absurd. It was absurd. <laughs> they did not need to go that hard. But they did. But they and did. it was fantastic. I'm so goddamn glad they did. Yep. So then we... So. Mosey on back to the hotel... You know, just dripping in just the Iron Maiden, just nostalgia, just coursing through our veins. You know, go to sleep. Well, it. well, you can make it back and you use the very translucent bathroom. <laughs> and I'm just trying not to look at your hairy leprechaun ass. And then uh, you <laughs> clamber up to your your bed and we, we chat about the set list like a couple of gossipy girls. Then we go to sleep. And I wake up and you're snoring like a demon. <laughs> then I fall back asleep, and then I'm probably snoring like a demon. 
And yeah. I wake up the next morning and it's off to work. Like a couple of adults. But man, what a what fucking awesome, awesome show. What a blast. 100%. I mean, I would definitely tell anybody out there. It's like, even if you only know Number of the Beast, Run to the Hills, The Trooper. I mean, tickets weren't really that expensive. If you were to get like the nosebleed seats or the you know, third, fourth bowl level seats. But I will say this was hands down the best show I've ever seen between stage performance, you know, sonically the way they sounded, Bruce's vocals, his vocal delivery. It was, you know, I don't know if I, if I, if there's any song I would really want to replace. I mean, I joked about can I play with madness, but I think that overall, like when you're there live, it's like, man, like they're, they're going through the catalog where they're proud of the songs they wrote and we're going to play them all for you. And it was such an awesome opportunity. And I do appreciate you, you know, taking me as your second ticket holder. And I'm glad we got to do that together, especially after that trivium show. It was awesome. So I'm still recovering from that week. What a fucking killer time. I've been out of town for work for several days and just so busy that I actually just last night got to open my little merch bag. I'm showing off my t-shirt to my wife. Like, Look at my tour shirts. She's like, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> but I forgot that I had purchased a camo Iron Maiden hat. Not really sure when I'm going to bust that one out. But <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot about that. And a just gargantuan poster, which I'm totes going to frame and hang up in my garage. Um, just a blast, man. Thanks again for coming with me. That was a that was a kick ass show. I would. Be very glad to see Iron Maiden again, and it'll happen, dude. It'll happen. I hope, but you know, I hope so. Like I, if they come around in any closer again, like I definitely will, definitely want to hit them up again. So, but yeah, so that is our Legacy of the Beast tour review. Um, pretty short and sweet overall. Any last words? Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're playing in Poland. So, if you want to go, let's my, do my it. Passport's still active, so let's go. Oh man. We're not, they're gonna they're not gonna be uh stateside for the rest of this year or next year, but we did just see them. Well, well they are doing, I think, was it like somewhere somewhere through time? Was that they're the... do, uh they're, so their new tour is the future past tour starting in June of twenty twenty three. And they're playing in Europe. But perhaps they'll swing on back around next year. Didn't they release a picture. Yeah, this one it's got That's like so the cool. samurai. Yeah, the samurai with uh, days of future past, Eddie. No, somewhere in time. Or wait, what did I say? Oh, not days of future past. Somewhere in time. Wow. Not I'm the X Men movie. That the X. I mean, that would be cool too. Yeah, but yeah, that, that, I think they'll. I think they'll come back across the stateside to do that. But anyway, God. all right, buddy. Well, let me skedaddle, and I will catch you on the flip side later, my dude. <laughs>